You can't begin to build better people until you are at least actively working on building the best version of yourself. And fitness is a huge part of that. I don't, I don't think it matters who you are or what, what walk of life you're in. It plays, it plays a role in um, your, your, your mental clarity. It plays a role in your energy level and how you approach life. And I think a big part of being able to influence others and build others up in a positive way is what spills out of you is, is, is based on what you put in. Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. Hi, y'all. My name is Perrin Young. I am 32 years old, and I moved to College Station from Blacksburg, Virginia about six months ago to be with my fiance. And we just recently postponed a wedding, um, so facing some some different challenges on um, arriving in College Station with maybe not things going exactly how we had planned. You got here like the weekend or Friday before everything shut down. The day of. The, the day the yeah, world shut down. Yeah, we, we kind of we got a text message from someone he works with on our way in saying, hey, everything's shutting down tonight. And you know, about at around five and we rolled in about eight o'clock and hey, welcome to College Station. And did you have all your stuff? Or we what? did. I did have all my stuff. And, and I did end up moving a f- about a week earlier than I had planned because we didn't know how things were going to pan out. And I think he, he was getting a little anxious about it, which is not normal for him. He's yeah. a very calm, collected person. So we did end up making the move a little earlier than we thought. So you're in this special group of people that, well, two groups, one moved during a pandemic Two was supposed to get married during a pandemic. So you guys have rescheduled, I guess, for later next year, May? Yes. Moved it by almost exactly a year. Was that hard? Like emailing or I guess reaching out to all your guests? No. Everyone was super understanding, very, very easy to work with, very cooperative. You know, we had the whole thing flipped in a couple hours. And, you know, ultimately, you know, a wedding's about you and your significant other and your relationship. But the, you know, he, Lau brought up a very good point. The reason you do it with people is because it's a celebration. And we still, we decided, hey, we still want to have that. Also, I've already done all the work. Yeah. (laughs) And if you know me, weddings are not really my thing as far as like, I don't know, me being the bride gives me a little bit of anxiety. But at this point, I've already done the work. You know, I think it's important to our family, to our friends, that kind of stuff. So So we decided just, you you guys eh, kind of went with with it. it. Absolutely. You know, I could see probably there being two extremes, like the person that literally their whole world went upside down when they had to reschedule. And yeah, and and that's the thing we talked about is it's it's at least something you can reschedule. Yeah. You know, these kids that didn't have high school prom or didn't have Mm. high school or college graduations, you don't get those things back. And yeah, to me, those are such significant milestones in somebody's life to not have that again you're not going to get a, a new a, a new version of that you can't postpone that so ours was something that you can postpone and that's you know that's yeah. that's life that's the so you move to a new town and you don't know anyone right other than lyle really other than him and you know some people on a his, his of, staff yeah. that came came from virginia but you're yeah. forced to not hang out with anyone <laughs> correct so what was that like i mean <laughs> um really hard at first i'm a very social person i like yeah. to be around people um there was a lot of distractions right out the gate, you know, 
getting the house set up, unloading the U-Haul, all those types of things. But when that kind of died down, I was like, what, what am I going to do? The, the gym was closed. You know, he had yeah. been coming here before. Um, so when it reopened, I guess at some point in May, but we didn't, we didn't come back until June. He was like, we're going to wait till June. I was like, are we? He was like, we are. I was like, that's literally the meanest thing you've ever done to me. Um, but no, but it was great. And obviously being able to come back to the gym was a huge game changer from just a social standpoint. Um, even just a psychological standpoint of being able to get out of the house to be more active and not have to pick up the same med ball I have in my garage. You know, I'm like (laughs) just another one. I don't even care if it's the exact same one. It's just not that one. Um, you know, was, was, was really, really good. So Virginia's home, like pre the Texas, like forever. No, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so grew up well, Germantown just outside of Memphis. I went to school at Ole Miss. I was, so after I graduated, I began, well, I began coaching much younger than that, but I began coaching college cheerleading, um, after I graduated. So three years at Ole Miss after I graduated coaching there. And then I coached at Virginia tech for seven years and then made the move here. So were you competitive cheerleader? Um, a little. I was more a gymnast growing up, transitioned to cheerleading about my senior year of high school for an all-star team. So first time I'd ever held pom-poms, I had ever cheered for a, you know, a, a game, done any of that was at Ole Miss as a freshman. Um, so that concept was very new to me, but the so, world of... So what is, and, and I, I know there is a difference, <laughs> gymnastics and cheerleading, what are the differences? Gymnastics is, you know, vault, bars, beam, floor, all the apparatuses, that type of stuff, whereas cheerleading is, hey, let me trust this no-name person to toss me up in the air and catch me on the way down. Both being sports, right? For sure. Uh, for sure. Very different sports. Mm-hmm. Um, very different mentalities. Um, you know, gymnastics, you do everything right you get your score based off of what you did. Cheerleading, you do everything right. Everyone else on the floor does everything wrong. You get your score based off how you do as a team. Um, what, what? How far? Now, you were gymnast before. Yes, I started gymnastics at about the age of six and then stopped my junior year of high school. Um, I was a level nine was the last year I competed. last couple of years I competed as a level nine um, in the state of Tennessee and then made the transition over to cheerleading. What, what got you into gymnastics? Um, well, I often tell my parents, Hey, why didn't you ever sign me up for soccer? Like every little kid under the age of four does soccer nowadays. They were like, you wouldn't go. And I was like, well, to be fair, I also hate to run. Maybe I knew that before I knew that. (laughs) And, but I think, um, I think they got tired of me just rolling off the couch and inventing my own, um, gymnastics at at home. And we're like, this is not going to end well. We need some guidance. And they took me and I loved it. And I think I, I loved the discipline even from a young age. Um, I loved, obviously I had a lot of energy to burn as a kid. And I think my parents loved that too. Um, and we had a lot of great gym options in town and I'm not even sure how I ended up at the one that I ended up with. And actually my former gymnastics coach coaches CrossFit now in Memphis. And last time I went home, I went to the gym he was at and worked out with him. He's competed in the games and he has a really cool story too. So that was really, really neat. I mean, I probably, I mean, you know, spent over a decade of my life at that gym with him and his daughter is my age. So we were on the same team coming up together and really cool to kind of see him make that flip. And I probably, again, hadn't seen him in eight or nine years and the next time I see him I'm rolling into his CrossFit gym. What are some memories in that decade that stand out of doing gymnastics from six to junior high? 
Oh gosh. There's so many. It's obviously, you know, when you have success in competition, that's always something that's going to be highlighted. But looking back, it was probably the discipline level. It's even when I was coaching later in life, you can tell the kids that came in that are on your team that were former gymnasts, their discipline level was just different than if they came out of a cheer gym. Not necessarily better or worse, just... You mentioned discipline earlier, so expand on it a little bit for like what that means. Um, not that there's not an expectation in other sports to be perfect, but there's more room for error. Gymnastics is all about, can I get the perfect 10? It's, you mm. know, are your legs always perfectly straight? You know, did you bobble at all on the balance beam? You know, did you fall? Were there any mishaps here or there? And every one of those dings works against you um, of, of your goal of getting that perfect 10. But, you know, you can take a sport like baseball, for example, and you can... 30% is great. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the stats are so different yeah. and... You know, and, and but the, the things that, you know, they, they do have in common gymnastics and and cheerleading that I guess where my mentality relates really well to CrossFit is you get you get one shot like this workout. You get to do it one time today mm. as good as you can do. It's not it's not football. You don't get another down. You don't get a second opportunity. It's not like, OK, well, that one didn't pan out. Maybe we'll run the ball. No, your your time on the floor is over, and you had to lay it all out there. That's the best you can do, and I, I like that that man, mentality translates. So, did it translate into like school and life at, you know, at a young age? It probably didn't translate into school as much as my parents had hoped. Yeah, I was that really lazy student that my you know my parents were like, well, you have to make this GPA. So I would make that GPA plus the tiniest yeah. bit more. Um, I wish I had the grind to want to work a little bit harder in school. Now I had certain subjects that I loved that I would push a little harder in, but overall I kind of knew what I had to do, if that makes sense. But I do see that sometimes in here too, where I'm like, oh, maybe that don't feel so great today because I didn't do it quite as good as I could have yesterday. You but know? gymnastics, you were always striving for the best. For sure. And you and it's a, it's a very mental sport um, because you don't, there's no, there's really no other outside factors but you, I mm. mean, you know, that balance beam, it's not going to move. It's going to, it's going to sit there. It is stationary. This is its job. You are the one, you know, working around it. So if something goes wrong, that's on you. It's an inside sport. There's no weather. There's no mm. strong gust of wind that came yeah. through. It's a hundred percent you. Um, so I think that can make it a very mentally taxing thing that you what, are the only factor. What's something you wish you would have known then that you like for sure know now at 32? You can all, your body is capable of so much more than you think it can. You can always do more than you thought. Mm. And I think that's something I didn't really learn till probably I've complete, even though I coached even simultaneously as an athlete, I don't think until I completely walked away from being the athlete to only being the coach should I really realize that. Um, And that's something that I don't know. I don't know if it's maturity. I don't know if it's something you just have. I don't know if it's something you do develop that just clicks one day. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also one of the hardest things for an athlete to understand because, you know, they're looking at you going, no, you don't understand. I'm afraid, you know, like, and that's a big thing in cheerleading, fear, trust. Um, Or they're like, you don't understand. My body hurts so bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I I do. I understand. (laughs) But in the moment, they really don't think that you can relate to them. And and I was that person too. I was absolutely that person too. Does that, 
do you see that happen again in CrossFit or did you see it happen again in CrossFit later? I think it it's, it's very fluid. It can happen yeah. in this workout I'm going to yeah. do here in an hour. Yeah. You know, it can. And sometimes it's a day-by-day day thing. Sometimes it's how I'm feeling. Sometimes you're like, I got this. And you start the workout, you're like, I do not have yeah. this. <laughs> you know, sometimes you underestimate things. Sometimes you overestimate yourself. And sometimes those aren't bad things. They're just they're just learning curves. Yeah. Um, so why'd you stop? In, I guess junior high, you said? Eighth or ninth grade? Yeah, I kind of realized it wasn't going to be something I was going to push through through college. And I think my parents had way more insight to my my future in college than maybe I did. Yeah. Um, and knew that I would struggle if I wasn't doing something athletically related. Mm-hmm. And maybe making that turn to cheerleading was, was going to be a good thing for me long term. I don't think they thought I was going to make a career out of it. I don't ever yeah. think that was their plan. <laughs> but it, and you know, it, it, it did pan out that way. Um, and it panned out that way because I wasn't the person that started cheerleading at five or six years old. So I wasn't burned out by the time I got to that. By the time I got to college, everything was still new and fun and fresh to me. So yeah, my drive and interest level was different than these kids that have been doing this for so long. Did you go straight from gymnastics to cheer or was there like a period of time? No, that you I didn't pretty any- much walked straight in, out of one gym and into the other. And then you, when you started cheer, you said it was for that team yeah i just did it for an all-star team um in memphis there's a lot of good cheerleading programs around there um i mean not not saying there's not a bazillion around texas because texas is kind of of the hub of cheerleading in a lot of ways um but my my family's been you know been in that area for a very long time so we knew a, a lot of people um especially in that world and so you know walked walked into a gym and i had no idea what i was doing um I knew more than I thought I knew, but I, you know, was very out of my element because in in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty good in my lane as mm. a gymnast, but this is a different lane. And I had that same anxiety walking into a CrossFit gym for the first time too. Um, I put that off for a long time. I had seen it. I was like, oh, I've really, w- I think I would really enjoy that. But it was, it was intimidating not because I was nervous to move a barbell, not because I, I, I'm not comfortable doing a handstand, but because... I was comfortable doing those things and I was, I was afraid to fail. And mm. I think I've always had that. I've gotten better with that over time. Um, but knowing that in my mind I should be good or telling myself that I should be pretty good, that it should come easier, made it, made it a, different, a different obstacle. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And know. again, nobody else in the room knows that. And yeah. that's the part I finally had to, had to realize was, okay, nobody else in here knows what your background is, what you should or shouldn't be capable of. So you have to put that aside if the big picture is, hey, this is something I think I would enjoy. Yeah. So cheer, did y'all do well when you went to that all-star team? Yeah, my interest level at that point was pretty low. And again, I was the gymnast on the team, so I was the person that only did minimal actual cheer stuff and just tumbled all over the floor so I don't even really know half of what anybody else did that wasn't my job and that and that was a hard thing too you know but it was also easier because I was like oh well I was a gymnast I don't have to worry about the other 29 people on the floor (laughs) beautiful watch this you know I didn't understand eight counts per se how you know and those were all things that I learned a little bit later but at the time they didn't really need me to understand that they were like this is your role and I was like I'm gonna be, did they I'm gonna be recruit amazing. you or? A, a little okay. bit um 
the gym owner at the time was a friend of my uncle's, a really good friend of my uncle's. So I had known them since yeah. I was, you know, 10. Um, yeah. And he had been begging me to walk into his gym for a long time. And I was like, uh, no. Um, but I, I, I did eventually. And again, never thought it would lead to what it did. So but you it's went been to really Ole Miss cool. and mm-hmm. you were a cheerleader? Yes. At Ole Miss? Okay, yes. so... What kind of ex- we don't you know you know this we don't have cheerleaders <laughs> at yes, AM, but what what kind of experience was that? My very first game was Ole Miss versus Memphis, so that was kind of fun for me because that was a little hometown crowd, yeah. you know. Um, and my parents went to Ole Miss as well, so I wasn't overwhelmed by the Grove and the tailgating and all that. In fact, that's all I knew. I didn't know that that's not what it is everywhere. I learned that later on in my years of traveling throughout you know to all the SEC schools. Um, it was more overwhelming than I expected it to be when you, cause you know, you go out there and you, you have practices and you have run throughs and you have all this stuff. But when you walk onto the field and there's, you know, there's actual people in the stands and they're right there and they can see you. And uh-huh. that, that part was different from all-star cheerleading. That's not all-star cheerleading. That's not gymnastics. Um, but you know, they're, they're watching every move you make. They're watching and, and some of them are there to cheer for you and some of you, cause they're, they're your parents or they're there to cheer for the team and they look over at you occasionally. There's that. And then there's the visiting team and they're not there to cheer for you. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not here for me? Like, <laughs> you know, so it was, um, but, but really, really cool, really cool, mm-hmm. um, to get to, to get to be a part of something and to kind of understand that you although you're an athlete and you have your own entity that's happening on the field, you're very much also still a support sport. I mean, the concept of cheerleading, I mean, it literally has the word cheer in it. You're, mm. you're supporting other athletes, other sports, and not just football, but you know, men's basketball, women's basketball, we did volleyball, we did soccer, we did so many different sports. Um, and I thought, you know, my, my coach at Ole Miss did a very good, very good job of making you realize that, Hey, this is bigger than just you, you know, these little kids don't come up to you for your autograph because of who you are, but because of that logo on your uniform. Mm. Um, so understanding that and, and my parents did a very good job, especially my mom of saying, Hey, like when you take this uniform off, it's, it's different, but when you put it on this, this is a role that you're filling and this is a brand that you're representing. And that was something she really, really ingrained in me. And I probably gave her more pushback than I should have at the time going, but I put the work in, but, but I, you know, but it, her, her, you know, still continually saying it's not an I thing. It's a, it's a logo here. Mm. And remember, you don't have a name on the back of that uniform because that's not, that's not your role. Wow. Um, and that was, but that was a life lesson that I had to learn. Yeah. Then, then, then when it flipped and I became the coach that, you know, I had to remind the, the athletes on my team of. Yeah. So what percentage of what y'all did was cheering sports? And then was there a portion of that that was competitive cheer? Yes, it was, it was both. Um, my freshman year, we did not compete. Um, but again, my interest level in that, I didn't go there to necessarily be a competitive cheerleader, but I am glad that they did make that flip. So my sophomore year, we did compete. Um, that was the first time Ole Miss had competed in 15 years. So at that point, it was new to everyone on the team from a college competition perspective. Um, and it's been really, really cool to watch it grow over the years um, to know that I was on that first team that yeah. came back in 15 years was really neat. Um, and then to be able to flip and coach that team was was really cool. And they did, you know, win a world championship when I was there. And that was that was really neat. And 
cool to be a part of. You were on the team? I was coaching the team. Wow. Um, but to be able to watch the athletes, you know, do something that I had never had the, the opportunity and ability to do is is really neat. And they've they've grown so much as a program. You know, I've been gone a long time now, um, but it's still really awesome to watch and so to be a part of. Most people understand, I think, because it gets more attention, like the amount of work associated with being a football player. Maybe even a basketball player, baseball player, oh, maybe a sport. Like a lot of times people don't understand that cheerleaders probably put in equal, if not more. I don't know how much. Like what is the day, like collegiate cheerleading time that you have to put in to prepare for games, to prepare for competition? Like what is that year round schedule season look like? Um, I'm not sure it's necessarily more or less than take any sport you just named, yeah. but I think the factor that probably took a toll on me more than I realized at the time, but that I definitely saw as a coach that would take a toll on the team is that it is year round because you are doing football and then you have a competition season and then you have men's and women's basketball. And that's just hitting the highlights of the sport that you do every game for Mm. not touching some of the in-between Olympic sports. So that's the thing is there really is no off season and that's the part that can become a lot. Um, And, but that's also the part that makes it really fun that you are involved in so many different things, but there is kind of a point where you need that slow season. Um, but again, once, you know, once basketball ends March, April, if your team's good, yeah. you know, you're turning around and having tryouts for the next season, the first weekend, last weekend in April, first weekend in May. So those three or four weeks where you should be, you know, quote unquote off, you're preparing to try to make the team again. Yeah. So it's not necessarily off. Um, I feel like it also like probably goes without mentioning, but like cheerleading is working out essentially the whole time. So like what did workouts look like for you in college? <laughs> um, well, I was on a team that was 100% co-ed. So, yeah. you know, 18 girls, 18 guys. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it was probably quite as much a workout for me as it was my partner who was tossing me every single day. Yeah. And, you know, but that being said, it's not that it wasn't hard. It it had it had its moments. In competition, you know, preparing for nationals practices were a completely different beast than than game day. Um, but we did we did um, lift in the weight room. We had a strength coach. Um, so that was the first time that I had been exposed to that that type of stuff. You know, barbell and all of that. And um, sometimes we had had different years we had strength coaches that were you know over baseball or over football or and you could definitely tell what sport they came from yeah. but they over the years did do a very good job of understanding that you don't have a background in this mm. and you know taking it slow and so when i came to crossfit i'm not overwhelmed by the barbell mm. not a pro by any means yeah. but it's you not it, yes for sure um you know and you have had strength coaches over the years as a coach or as an athlete that you know, really took the time to study your sport and understand what do you need? Mm. You know, um, that as dancers, they need, you know, core stability. Um, you know, as cheerleaders, they need explosiveness. Um, speed is really important. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, it's very much a new area and in, in combining cheerleading with weightlifting over the past, I would say decade mm-hmm. is very much a new concept because same thing, like, why do you need to work out when you're lifting people at practice? Well, because you're also lift, lifting the same 
the same person, the same size person. You're not, yeah. you know, are you working on how fast you're being from the top to the bottom? Um, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's very much a new science on what workouts do you yeah. do with cheerleaders and what's going to be beneficial. For how them. different from gymnastics was, would you call like the workouts? Like from a, uh, we'll call it to be simple from a body perspective, like um, demands of your physical exertion. Ooh, there's, there's some overlap because there's still a lot of body control in cheerleading like there is gymnastics. So, you know, whole, hollow body holds, um, understanding body positions, how to move from one to the next. Um, but I would say gymnastics, again, is all body weight based. Um, whereas when you start putting in the weights, yeah, it's kind of a different beast. Um, you know... But you also had a lot of girls that would shy away from it. Um, And sometimes it was just outside of their comfort zone. Sometimes it was, you know, the mentality of, I can't lift all this weight. I'm going to put on weight. I'm going to, you know, and that's, and that's very much a thing in the world of, of cheerleading too. And, and gymnastics as well. I think I never thought about it as a gymnast, probably because I was younger. Um, But cheerleading, when someone's physically picking you up every day and my Mm. partner, you know, would be like, did you eat for lunch? I'm like, don't, don't, don't you worry about that. But you know, you, you do become a little more sensitive to it. So then you do associate the, the, the weight, the weights with muscle gain and therefore wow. weighing more. And so you are more self-conscious about that. Now I never had coaches that, you know, I thought handled that stuff poorly or ever told you you had to, you know, be this size or is look it a this slippery way. Slope? It is a very, very slippery slope. Um, and as a coach too, it's something that you have to you have to be very careful the way you tread because it is very much a mentality that a lot of mm. those girls have. Um, so you do you do you have to be careful. And what you have to l- let them understand is that being in the gym is a lot of what you're going to do. Yes, it's. It's going to be cardio based. Yes, we're going to we're we're going to lift and we're going to have some strength portions, but a lot of also which we're we're going for is injury prevention. Is a lot. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot out of, you know, moving weights and doing things in the weight room that I can't do with you at practice that are also injury prevention and that's that's a big thing. That's yeah. a really really big thing. Yeah. No, I think you know, it's so cool that you went from athlete to coach cuz you kind of learned so many cool things <laughs> that hopefully helped you whenever you started communicating. So you went, graduated college, went straight to coaching at Ole Miss, like an assistant uh, yes. coaching? Or... Yes, assistant coaching about three weeks after I finished school. So wow. um, I well, I had one semester left and my coach was kind of like, hey, are you going to try out again or would you rather do this? And I was like, oh my gosh, one, my body's done. So wow. not trying out. Two, yeah, I would love. When you say your to... body's done, you're just worn out. Like just <laughs> yeah, it um, you know the the downhill spiral for a female is very different from a male, and I mm. I learned even more about that as I started coaching a co-ed team. You know, your guys are just starting to peak when you're getting them at 20. Mm. You know, your girls are on the downhill slope as incoming freshmen. If they whatever their like tumbling skill set is when they kind of come in at the age of eighteen, it's probably not getting significantly better. There's a reason your female gymnasts all want to try to get into the Olympics at the age of sixteen because wow. they can hopefully get into two if they can come back at the age of twenty because it is just the toll it takes and just the way the the female body works. You were so just ready different. to be done too. Yeah, and and it's really funny. It's um, the seniors on my team are always like. 
oh my gosh, like they watch the freshmen and they're like, good for you. Good for you. Because I, and it's always the girls, um, but they get very frustrated because a lot of the guys, you know, they come in and they struggle their first two years, but by the time they flip to be about 20, 21, they skyrocket. Wow. Um, because guys typically peak in age and all that closer to 25. Yeah. It's just, they're very, they're very different animals. And now I need y'all to work together and be on the same team. And you know, it's, um, it's so, a very unique dynamic. Complete sidebar, how do you view these female athletes in CrossFit and, you know, what they're able to do at the <laughs> ages they're at? And, um, yeah. I think that was probably one of the, the most eye-opening things for me coming into the gym. And initially, I went to the gym in, in Blacksburg, and the gym owner is is female. She's a mom. She has two kids. Um, and they're, they're older. They're... Um, I think one just graduated, so I'm not going to speak to how old she is because I'm yeah. not really sure. Yeah. I just know she's older than me, but she's an absolute beast in the in 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 the gym. And you're like, oh my gosh! And she's got you know she she looks amazing. Like you're just like what? But it was it was very mind blowing for me at first because um, a lot of what I'd watched over the years is the female struggle with this downward slope, and I know how they feel. It was exactly how I felt. And, and a lot of it's just wear and tear on your body. A lot of it is age. Um, a lot of it is the sport that the sport specific stuff they're trying to do. But I think that's probably one of my favorite things about, you know, I come to the 930 class. I, I do think that watching a lot of parents in the room, um, typically Lyle and I are the only non parents in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but watching especially the females, I think is so inspiring and I don't think they probably realize that I think that, but that's okay. They're Mm -hmm. they're not supposed to, but the fact that not just what your body goes through and the way it has to bounce back from having kids, but even just to be able to get up and show up and be here and work hard with kids. I can barely get myself here sometimes. And I'm like, all I had to do was let the dog out this morning. You know, you had all kinds of stuff going on before nine o'clock that I wouldn't even have tackled in a whole day, you know? Um, because kids are exhausting, but the fact that they have that drive and will to want to be here and, and there's days where they come in and they're like, I'm here and I might lay down and take a nap. And I'm like, I don't blame you. <laughs> it almost makes but, you look like a, a college student, like who has no will to yes, be there. I'm like, I'm like how, yeah, how, that's do, a great, how do you I not like that. have it? Um, that's good. But I think they, you know, I think, um, they, they've searched beyond themselves to find that they've mm-hmm. had to search beyond themselves to find that it's, you know, are they, are they doing it for their family? Are they doing it for themselves? And it doesn't really matter. They have a reason that yeah. that gets them there. Yeah. So uh, you were seven years at Ole Miss coaching? Three years coaching. Three years. Four years as a Then as you athlete. went yeah. to Virginia. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Coach there. Yes. Um, seven years there. Oh, that's where it was seven. Mm-hmm. Roles similar at both? I was the head coach of the cheer and the dance team and the mascot at Virginia Tech. So... Um, little bit different. I rolled in at 25 and thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and in some ways I did. And in other ways, my first season there, that team taught me way more than I ever taught them. Um, uh, a lot like A&M, they're a very traditional school. They are a public military institution. Um, uh, very, very proud of, of their community, of um, their school colors, which I still think are bad, but they really <laughs> did grow on me. Um, and they were like maroon and orange. They're so unique. No one has them. That's because no one wanted them, <laughs> but they really do embrace them. And it is, it is really cool. And it's, um, 
it's a really, 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 really cool atmosphere to, to be a part of. And so I had to kind of step back and go, okay, I know cheerleading. I know a little bit about dance, not as much. There's a reason I hired a dance coach um, that who was yeah. phenomenal. But I had to step back and go, okay, teach me Virginia Tech. Because how am I going to come out here and lead, lead a crowd and, you know, do all these things and, you know, incorporate their culture if I don't know it. Mm. And so that's, you know, and that's, that's what I spent a lot of my first few months doing there. And, and that was hard to, as the younger first year head coach to not want to completely take the reins of everything. So that was definitely a, a learning curve for me, but, um, absolutely. And it was terrifying to leave, um, to leave Ole Miss. It's only an, you know, it's where my parents went. It's where I went. My brother was currently in school there. It's an hour from my hometown. Um, yeah, it was like, that was how it was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and actually they had an Ole Miss had offered me their head coaching job, wow. um, about 24 hours after Virginia Ooh. tech had offered me theirs and I hadn't accepted either one. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not married. I don't have kids this is really scary, but you don't get this opportunity often. So you have to take it because there's so much out there and I will never know what that is if I don't go. And if I get there and I hate it, you can always come back because this is still my home and you can always come back home, but I have to go and I have to try. And it changed my entire life. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I worked with some of the most amazing people who are some of my best friends. I got to coach some phenomenal athletes and i met my future husband. Um, he showed up there about a year after I did. Um, you know, and, and where our paths would have never crossed. I mean, he's from Kentucky and then he was working at Marquette and came to Virginia. I was in Mississippi. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like that's, that's not real. Um, but it is, it's one of those things that it was meant to align that way. Yeah. Um, So you, you said you learned a lot about yourself. I'm sure we could record a whole episode on that alone, but what are some things that you learn in your time about at Virginia Tech about you? I think I learned pretty quickly that you're you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. I was very fortunate to find some assistant coaches that not only were very very good in their field of cheerleading or dance, but just really good people and I actually managed to have them the my entire time there, which in sports in general Um, coaches are very fluid, especially assistant coaches when they're trying to find their niche or move their way to the top or become a head coach or whatever. And the fact that I held on to these the whole time, um, was an absolute blessing. And I could not have asked for a better staff because it allowed us to create a culture, you know, of, of family and of positivity and, a really close knit team, which is hard to do. And I mean, I had about anywhere from 65 to 75 athletes a year. So that's, that's hard to do to build this network inside. And, but I learned a lot about who I was as a coach and how, what kind of culture I did want. Um, and I took some things from the teams I had been on before. And then there were some things I didn't take. Um, but learning that you you have to surround yourself with the right people if you're going to grow mm. and they don't always have to be you don't have to have the smartest person you don't have to have the most talented person you need a well-rounded individual that has the same vision that you have or at least when you share their your vision with them 
they start to embrace it and you have to get them to buy in because if they don't buy in and you're not all moving in the same direction, you're not going to be successful. And the way I measure success, and I would say the way most college cheerleading coaches measure, measure success is not national championships. A lot of your teams don't even compete. Um, my job is not dependent on if I ever was former job was not dependent on if I ever won a national championship. Um, and getting your team to understand that too. And that doesn't mean you're not competitive. I am one of the most competitive people by nature ever, but it means that most of you are not going on to be professional cheerleaders or dancers. You're going out into the real world. So while this is important and it's going to shape a big part of who you are, how, how else am I benefiting you by being your coach? What life lessons are we learning here today that don't have anything to do with cheerleading? It's like building better people. It is. You know? It's exactly, exactly what it is. And it's and it's how do you send those people out into the world to be the best version of themselves and to be contributing members of society, to graduate. Hmm. The whole point is you came here to get to get a degree. Yeah. This is just an added benefit and perk and something that you that God has given you a gift for that you should use and and, and use that platform, use that uniform and that logo on your chest to make an impact. Mm. Um, and it can be the smallest thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be the fact that you stop to talk to that little kid on game day. They will remember that. Mm. And they're gonna, kids are going to talk about that for the next six months. And their parents are going to wish you hadn't stopped because their kids are going to talk about it for the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it doesn't always have to be the biggest thing. It can be a very, very small thing. How hard was it to leave Virginia Tech? I think Lyle thinks I still hate him. Oh, I know. I, I almost wanted to say, I don't want to make you cry by asking no, this. No, um, <laughs> it was, it was hard, honestly. That's the one thing the pandemic made easier, mm-hmm. um, which sounds so selfish to say, but this, this season in sports doesn't look like any other season, so, um, it, that would have almost made it harder if this year had been my I, last I year. It. So it just, the, the the timing worked out the way that it should. And, and he was here, you know, in College Station a whole year before I was. Um, but, you know, he had a lot going on with just moving here and a new job and all of that. And I selfishly wanted one more year in Blacksburg. And I think that was a really good growing period for us. Um no, to, to leave was really hard. It was really hard. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just leaving, you know, the friends and the, the connections that I had made there. It was the town, loved the town, hated the winters, but loved the town. Mm. Um, it wasn't just the university. I think they are a very, very well run organization, um, from the top down. Um, wasn't just the athletes, but it was more, I've invested seven years of my life into this. And so I'm just like, okay, who am I, you know, who am I handing it off to? Where's this going to go? Um, am I going to look back in two years and it's going to be something completely different? And I think the reason that's so important to me is because as a former, you know, college cheerleader, that alumni piece is still important, that, that feeling connected. Um, and I want the kids I coached to have that connection to Virginia Tech long after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was very fortunate that they did, uh, the, the hiring committee did ask my input on a lot of things. Um, and again, the pandemic completely changed the surface of, I think the way it may 
or could have played out because they weren't able to bring candidates onto campus. They had all kinds of challenges that they didn't think they were going to have. They ended up actually hiring my assistant cheer coach um, to take over the program. He was a former Virginia Tech cheerleader, which is part of the reason I brought him on my staff. Mm. You know, day one, I'm trying to learn Virginia Tech. Well, who knows that better than someone that just cheered here for five years? Um, So I'm not sure the math, but I want to say this is his 14th season now at Virginia Tech, if you include his cheering and his coaching days, and he's now the head coach. So that's really, really cool. Really cool to get to see that, hey, he's going to take it. He's going to make it his own. But it, I hope, came from a good foundation that yeah. I that I helped. Well, set. I'm sure he learned a lot of, from you. <laughs> well, I learned you a lot know. from him. <laughs> so you know, it's almost like you've had this life of of activity, of fitness, like you never have stopped. But when did you find CrossFit specifically? I would say that's accurate. I didn't really stop, but there was a period after I was done with cheerleading. So I was about 21. Um, until about the age of 29, which is when I walked into a CrossFit gym. Um, there's an eight year period where, yes, I was active. You know, we have, you know, I've been in college athletics the whole time. Well, there's a free gym right there. Um, so that, and I think that was, that was part of my hesitation apart from what I, you know, touched on earlier about the intimidation factor and setting expectations, certain expectations for yourself was, how am I going to pay for a gym? When I, if I walk down the stairs from my office, there's a free gym. Um, but there's also a different accountability level. When you pay to go, you better believe I've done the math and I'm like, it's $10 a class. I yeah. better go five days a week. You know, it's like right. you, you have to do that. Um, but I think I'd talked about it for so long that Lyle finally was like, we're going if you know, like you can't, you can't just talk about it. We have to do it. And I was like, Mm, but I think you're going to be really bad. And he was like, Oh, we're getting confident already. You know? Um, so he, he went with me and it was, I, and I'll never forget the first workout. You know, we get there early cause we have to fill out the paperwork and we're waiting and I'm watching and they're doing, they're doing, they're doing power cleans and then lateral burpees. And I'm watching going, I can do that. Okay. And I don't know what an AMRAP is. I don't know. I'm reading the board and there's at least five abbreviations that I'm pretty sure they just made up before class started. And I'm like, it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. We start going. And at one point I was like, you're gonna die. You're not gonna make it. That's false. You are gonna make it. You just aren't gonna do very well. You know, you're like, but I did it. You know, so I'm really glad my first class was an AMRAP because at least you could do whatever it was. And, yeah, <laughs> there was. Everybody finishes the yes, same Yes, and there was no, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be done in 11 minutes. And I'm still going to be going at 19. <laughs> so that was probably a really good intro for me, but it still slapped me in the face enough to know that, hey, you knew this was going to be hard, but it's going to take a little bit more than you thought if you want to be, if you want, if you want to be able to hang. I don't have to be good, but I want to, I want to be able to hang. Yeah. And um, that was... That was uh, that was fun. That was when, real fun. Did you or when did you get hooked? Oh gosh, probably instantly. Yeah, I don't think it took long, and I and I think that's part of what I was afraid of too. Um, I can be very obsessive over things, yeah. and so um, no, absolutely. I you know we walked out, and I was like. I want to do this. And he's yeah. like, did, "Were you there? Were you there?" With I was like, "No, I was there." And he was like we almost didn't make it. I'm like, you're right. We didn't, but we made it. I yeah. was like, and I was like, it's only going to get better. And imagine how much more fun it's going to be when it gets easier. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's definitely been obstacles along the way, but I think the thing that I, I do love about it 
Somebody told me this once. One of, one of the coaches at the former gym said this, and he was so right, is it doesn't matter who you are, how good you are, what skill you may or may not have. You can be humbled on any given day walking into a CrossFit gym. You can be humbled on any given day. Anybody can make a workout as hard as they want. That's right. And it's so true because there's days where I look at it and I'm like, I got this. And the next day I'm like, oh my, what is that? <laughs> you're like, no human being can do that. And then you see somebody do it, yeah. which is also, you're like, okay, well, no human being, but that guy. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can be humbled any given day walking in here. And I think that's what I love yeah. about it. So let's uh, highlight this recent muscle up because I feel like it's worth sh- bragging on you and sharing <laughs> the mental process that only you know, but you know, had you never gotten a ring muscle up no. before, but you had a bar muscle up. Yes. And you're over there working out on them. And do you know what you're working on? Are you just working on them? Are you trying to like, this was, I guess, six weeks ago, maybe? Yeah. I, yeah. About, um, I just knew that I really wanted one. Yeah. I, again, I don't have to be the best at everything, but I at least want to be able to do everything. If it's in a workout and there's, and it, okay, there's five in the workout and I can do one, at least I want to be able to do it make an attempt. Um, and that was on my list of a handful of things that I could not do or thought I could not do. Um, I've always found the rings a little bit intimidating. Um, those That is not a female gymnast apparatus. <laughs> and so, you know, unlike every female gymnastics apparatus, the rings move. And that's a different, yeah. that's a different, you know, a different beast. And so I, I was very intimidated by them. And... Also, like when you watch male gymnasts do the rings, you're like, what is that? What is the Iron Cross? Have you said, no, that's not real. <laughs> so that's, you know, so it was, it was a little bit intimidating, but I kind of had to work through the, the phases of, hey, you have to learn how to, how to kip. You, I'm like, but I can kip. I can, I can do this. Like, but it was putting it all together. It was putting it all together. And it was something every day that something new would click or would, I was like, oh, that's the way it's supposed to feel. Um, but, I failed a lot. I failed a lot. Now you didn't let me do too many reps that I, that I failed so much that I wasn't willing to come back and try it the next day, which was probably a good thing. Um, but no, I, that's probably the one thing coming in here that I had zero exposure to. Um, that it's not that I didn't have to work for the other stuff cause I did, but you know, handstand pushups, you know, the, the toes to bar, that stuff was not outside my comfort zone. The rings were outside of my comfort zone, mm. which is probably why three years into CrossFit is when I decided that, well, okay, I decided before I moved, but then the pandemic hit. So my, yeah. my timeline did get pushed, yeah. but that's when I decided I wanted to have it. And I think it's because I just hadn't worked up the courage to really want to try it yet. Yeah. Um, a little bit because I was afraid of failure. Yeah. wasn't afraid of hurting myself. It's not that I just think midair, I'm going to let go of the rings and spaz out. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was a little bit of that fear of, but what if you can't do it? Because mm. I haven't really met that completely. There'll be a weight I can't do. There'll be a number of reps I can't do. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like I said, you can be humbled any day yeah. coming in here. But it was, what if the end result is that I actually can't do it? I think I was, I think I was afraid of that. Um, now, I, can't, I know that I can do it. 
I still have to string them together. I have yeah. to not, you know, have to take a 10 minute break after I do the one. So we still have a long way to go before that, we're able to do anything see, with it. And that's what I love about CrossFit is like, it doesn't matter where you, what you do. There's always a next, right? Always There's something. always a, something to work towards. And that's the gymnastics cheerleading mentality mm-hmm. too. There's always a new skill. There's yeah. always a new version of this or of that. And so there's, yeah. it's an endless, how good can I be and where, where does where does it end yeah. like where how how much more do i have left to tap yeah. into which keeps you hungry absolutely working um so you're doing the in-house competition with alicia yes so what is uh what are you looking forward to like what what is something have you done a competition before i have um and had no idea what i was getting into then um we did one i did one at a gym um it was not an in-house, in-house competition, but it was hosted by a gym not far from where we were in Blacksburg. But several people from our gym went, and a lot of them you know, were competing. A lot of them had previous competition experience. So really great to have them there to tell me what I was doing because I had yeah. no clue. Um, so I'm just competitive, and I just I just want to do as good as I can. That's awesome. And Sometimes, you know, like we talked about the qualifier workout the yeah, other day, I'm yeah. like, my goal is just to have a tie break yeah. time. I'm not like, I mean, I'm looking at this workout going this, I am five foot two. And this was designed by oh, someone yeah, over yeah. six feet because you put wall balls and rowing together and you gave me nothing to work with, you know, so just, just get to the pull-up bar. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of, it's kind of how I tackle most workouts when I come in. Sometimes I look at it and go, okay, this is something I feel like I should really excel at. So this is my goal. Maybe it's a time, maybe it's a certain number of reps, but some days I come in and I'm like, okay, this is not really my workout, but my goal today is just to do all the double unders unbroken. Hmm. Who cares about the rest of it? Yeah. If I'm, especially if I'm having to scale parts of it, don't worry about what your time is. Don't worry because you did a scaled version of it anyway. So like, yes, it matters, but it doesn't matter. But pick yeah. something small within that workout to where I'm still willing to go hard for a reason that's different than the time on the clock yeah. or the number of reps. And so I'm very, I'm very much a head case. I was a head case as a, yeah. as an athlete growing up too. But I, but I, have to, I know that about myself enough that I know yeah. I have to play the mental game. You yeah. know, like if it's a 21, 15, nine, I, I can't do seven, seven, seven. No, because then I know the second set of seven is just as hard as the previous set of seven. But if I can do, you know, eight, seven, six, it got easier by one rep each time. Even though despite the fact that now you've done 20 reps when you get to the end, you can't think about it that way. So I play a lot of mental math games with myself. How is it for you transition from coach, basically the head coach position, you know, to almost a student again, athlete in a gym, right? A CrossFit gym when you're, even the last three years, you know, you've, slowly been you probably knew more than most but at the same time you go from you know knowing it all or telling everybody what to do (laughs) to now I'm learning and having to be coachable again um I really enjoy it actually I think that's how also I think that's how coaches grow is they're under the leadership of other coaches Mm. there's a reason you go to seminars there's a reason you go to workshops and you you do those things um and, and for an interesting dynamic, one of the coaches at our previous gym was a kid on my team. Um, wow. he, so I, it's kind of how I recruited him was out of the CrossFit huh. gym, but he was one of my coaches. Um, so that was an interesting dynamic to where, you know, I would go to a, um, you know, a four, four o'clock class and he would be coaching from four to five and we'd have practice at six and now I'm his coach. But, and that's also just, you know, we, we were, we had a mutual respect for the yeah. other one. Um, and that's the thing when you come in and it has flipped that you have to, 
you have you respect the fact that this is this is your lane this is your area of expertise and if i want to get better i have to have to have to find find awesome. find that you find a way to, to put the fact and you put that aside but i'm sure you've seen lyle and i in yeah. workouts before and we butt heads and <laughs> that's you know we'll we have differing opinions because we're both coaches and we both want to do it certain ways yeah. and there's a reason we're probably not doing the in-house competition yeah. together. <laughs> it's too it's too many coaches and it's too too small yeah. a space uh, who really but, don't have the expertise to be in charge of any of but this. But I love that ability, right? To, it's a humility that is necessary to transition from those, you know, and that that is how we grow, right? Sure. In absolutely. humility we grow. Okay, last question. Title of the podcast, Building Better People, kind of mentioned earlier. Sounds like that's the overriding theme in coaching sure. your athletes and that's really the heartbeat of the gym, right? Is like we recognize you're going to get fit. You you may get a muscle up. You you're going to get some skill sets, but more than anything, there's a whole life story that's happening that that I'm motivated not to necessarily influence directly, but that I believe to a conviction that is getting influenced because you're committed to a fitness journey. How's that true for you and how has working out helped your life in you becoming a better version of you? So you say, you say building better people and I think you can't, you can't begin to build better people until you are at least actively working on building the best version of yourself. And fitness is a huge part of that. I don't, I don't think it matters who you are or what, what walk of life you're in. It plays, it plays a role in um, your, your, your mental clarity. It plays a role in your energy level and how you approach life. And I think a big part of being able to influence others and build others up in a positive way is what spills out of you is, is, is based on what you put in. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's not just your nutrition. It's not just the, the working out. It's, 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 it's spiritual. It's who do you surround your people, your, yourself with what, what people are around you. Um, and I think it's, it's the whole, it's the whole package and you have to have it all. And you don't have to have everything right on every single day, but you have to have some type of vision of who am I, where do I want to be? And how can I bring others along on that journey with me? And I think you've done a really good job of that here. And I say that because I haven't been here that long. I've been in college station for six months at the gym for maybe less than four um, and you know, we've had people invite us to play on their softball team, invite us to go to dinner, you know, come to church with them, you know, meet their kids, all this stuff. And that's, that's to me, a direct reflection of this environment where they feel at home here. They feel the sense of family and they want you to be part of that family too. And that's, that's really cool. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.